What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 63 of my little hockey show where I go through all the news and the whatnots of what's going on in the NHL. We talk about the hockey. I generally focus in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames because those are my favorite teams, but I could talk about any of the NHL teams. So what is on tap for this episode? Well, we're going to be going through my predictions for the Metro Division. Last week we did the Atlantic, so if you want to check that out, go back and listen to last week's episode. So far, no controversial reactions to uh, last week's predictions, so maybe I'm on the right track. I don't know, but... Obviously, we have the big contract signing for Austin Matthews. Going to be breaking that down as a Leaf fan over here. So, yeah, I'm going to have some things to say about that contract extension. Talk a little bit about William Nylander. He's kind of buzzing around in the league right now. We have a retirement to talk about. I'll break down the rest of the signings that have gone down over the last week. And, yes, so let's dive into it. Let's get right into the Austin Matthews contract extension. So... He's back, he's staying here, screw you, Brian Burke, for planting that nasty little seed that you planted five years ago, or four years ago, or whatever, and now it's over, so, yes, he didn't sign the big eight-year extension, I wasn't honestly expecting him to do that, but he signs a four-year extension, $13.25 million per season, that won't kick in until next season, so... He's still on his 11 3 4 million this season, but yes, that will make him the highest paid player in the league for a little bit there until uh, maybe Drysidle will be the next uh, guy that surpasses him. Uh, we'll see about that one, but how do we feel out there, NHL fans, Leaf fans, just people? How do we feel about that Austin Matthews extension? Now, obviously, I think a lot of people are keying in on the four years, and I'm fine with that. Like, I personally. Even though I feel like Matthews would fall into that uh, category where an eight-year extension would be pretty low risk, I think you're going to be fine. He's a bona fide superstar, top five player in the league maybe right now. So yeah, I feel like those kind of players, your Crosbys, your Ovechkins, McDavid's, those are the kind of guys that I'm very comfortable with giving an eight-year deal, but I don't know. This has kind of been (laughs) from the beginning of Matthews' career. He kind of doesn't operate under the normal way that other players did. He went to Sweden or Switzerland or whatever and played with men. He made real money. He kind of went down a different path, and he's kind of a trendsetter. He's doing things differently. Uh, He's more in control, and yeah, he's... um, Taking advantage of it, I kind of compare him to just NBA contracts. Like NBA, um, I'm a little hazy. It's been a minute since I've really dived deep into the NBA. But I think they're like four-year deals. Three to four is like your average length of a deal. And um, yeah, I feel like Matthew's kind of doing that. He is aware that the salary cap is going to be going up quite a bit you know we've said this before and then COVID happened but anyway hopefully we don't have another pandemic soon but the cap should be going up substantially over the next half decade to a decade we should be breaking through the 100 million mark by that time I would say hopefully easily so Matthews is aware of that He knows that he can maximize his money if he signs short-term deals. And I think, you know, I think it's just overall fair. I think it's decent enough for the Leafs and it's fair enough for Matthews. Matthews could ask for more than that. He could, 
you know, it would have been nicer if he asked for a little bit less. And not long ago, I kind of flipped out because the number got thrown out there uh, about a month ago at 13 some odd million. I was flipping out because, like, how does this, how does he get a raise? Because they already, what made Matthews different, I'm all over the map, I apologize. But what made Matthews uh, a little bit different at the time, he's kind of the first guy that was given the money before he really proved anything. When Matthews got that $11 million contract, I think he was probably like a 60 points or something like that was his maximum. He's already had some injury problems. Real no dominating success in the playoffs. And yes, he was looking like a very good goal scorer. He's putting up a lot of goals. But me at the time, you know, my eyebrow raised a little bit when he got so much money for, you know, like obviously he's arguably the best player that the Leafs have ever had in the organization so on and so forth but you know it's it's just it wasn't common at that time for a player a young player like that to get so much money and like John Tavares coming in at that time he got 11 million dollars and you know John Tavares was a captain in the league for a very long time he's been in the league for a long time a first overall draft pick similar to Matthews and he got less than Matthews and like you know so things at that time were already kind of shifting a little bit and then Marner gets his big contract as well and you know yes he had a nice season going into it but again the track record behind it it's like a couple of 60 point seasons not a lot of dominating success in the playoffs and he gets paid already so I just don't like it because when they when you give them the money it just seems like the motivation goes down it's like all right I hit the mountaintop I got my big contract I'm making great money now so like the motivation it just like it has to be natural like oh I have money I have job security okay I can that's that weight is lifted that but it's a really good motivator. Money is a fantastic motivator. That's why we see so many players have such great seasons on their contract year. So, yeah, Marner and Matthews getting their big contracts kind of before they've done anything substantial. I don't think at that time they won any hardware. Matthews, I think, won the Calder, but no major hardware. And now Matthews has the 60-goal season. But even last year, his contract year, he didn't. He had a lower than standard Matthew seasons, forty some odd goals. I mean, again, we've we said it a million times, forty goals. You know, saying that that is underperforming is you know amazing. But yes, Matthew should be a, good for fifty goals every season, the way that he's getting paid. So that's what we're hoping for in the future. So trying to bring this back on track, I feel fine about the deal. It's going to take him till he's thirty-one years old. And that's an interesting age because generally from the beginning with Matthews, I've always kind of, wouldn't say a red flag, but just like a a yellowish amber color flag with Matthews just because of the injury history that he's had already, the fact that it's around his wrists and stuff and how important your wrists are for shooting. So I just, it's a little bit of an amber flag, but I I enjoy that it's a four-year deal. What I've been... I don't think I would have felt any much different uh, if it was an eight-year deal. If it was an eight-year deal, it, it would be substantially more money. And I know in the NHL video games, that's not how that works. If I give you more years, your money generally goes down. But Matthews is a different kind of guy, right? He's a franchise player. He's one of the best, if not the best, goal scorer in the league right now when healthy. 
So yeah, he's going to if if let's just say if the Leafs offered him a eight year deal, it would probably be like closer to fourteen million, maybe more than fourteen million. So are the Leafs, you know, it's only an extra million overall. It's going to age nicely. I think it's just a nice fine deal. I don't think we got an amazing deal right here, but he didn't break the team with that contract. It's a minor increase in pay. The 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 salary cap is going to increase so much. So it's basically null. It's just like we're basically just continuing on with the same amount. I think percentage-wise of how much he's taking up with the cap, it's going to be very, very similar. There we go. So hopefully with the Leafs, I can't see anyone... There's no one that can make more money than that on this team. No one should be making more than Austin Matthews on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So when Marner comes up, uh, is he going to want... It might be an argument. He might be like, oh, I've done this and that, blah, blah, blah. But goals are just worth more, honey. So I don't know with, with Marner. I feel like he's rather going to take the same or less or he's gone. And that's going to be the same thing when Matthews is done with this one at the age of 31. So that gives us a good option, right? So... If Matthews deals with a lot of injuries over those years, if we have zero playoff success, he's probably going to want out. We might want him out. That we might want to move on. They might. We might want to go into a rebuild by then. Four, five. That's five years from now. It's half a decade. It's a long time. I know it doesn't sound like a long time, but it is. Five years is a long time. So he's. I'm just. I'm just happy he's going to be here. I really just never thought he was going to leave. Like once, like Dubois there. There's just L.A. has no room. Arizona, there's just no appeal for him to go there right now. So maybe when he's 31, that would be. Maybe he's just advancing that. Like I, I'd be fine if he wants to leave and go to Arizona uh, in five years. But anyway, it's a, it's a solid contract. It's fine. It's fair, and uh, I'm good with it. Now William Nylander is out there. He's still. You know, he's he's making his way to Sweden. He's doing some interviews over there, and he's saying chill out and whatnot. So, I, I don't know. That's just William Nylander's nature. He's very calm, cool, collected, very cool man. But uh, honestly, I think now with this extension, I just don't know where William Nylander's going to fit on the Toronto Maple Leafs if uh, $10 million plus is going to be what he wants. Uh... It's, I just think it's a little bit too much. It's a little bit too rich. I, he needs to only get an increase similar to what Matthews got. Like, maybe if the Leafs can bump him up to, like, $9 million. But again, that's going to be a long argument. William Nylander knows what he's worth. He probably knows that he can get a lot more if he goes to the open market. And that leaves the question as to what are and what should the Leafs do with William Nylander this season. If they can't get the contract done, if they can't figure it out throughout the season, are they going to try and move him at the deadline or before? Or are they going to hold on to him and, you know, do what they did before with guys like JVR, Gardner, those guys where they, on their final year, there's really no possibility that they're going to be coming back. But you want to go into the playoffs with as strong as of a team that they that, that they could. But it's, it's, it's led to, that wasn't the right thing to do in hindsight. So they should have traded JVR when he had a lot of value. And yeah, but you know, it's, it's a very tough decision in the moment. It's like, fuck, if we trade away JVR, we're not going to be as good of a team. But maybe they should have been thinking about the future. Like, I think going into those playoff runs, like we all know, it's kind of a shoot the dice. You can get hot, you get hot, you can win a Stanley Cup, but... Those Leaf teams, in hindsight, just weren't Stanley Cup contending teams. Closer now, but 
Yeah, so what should the Leafs do with William Nylander if he's not going to sign throughout this season? It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be really, really tough, and it's going to be shitty. It's going to be like, I remember when William Nylander did this last time and he held out. It was just like a dark cloud hanging over that season. That was just like a not fun year for the Leafs. Like, not having Nylander in the lineup and just, you know, every single week, like, I would listen to the podcast, hockey podcast every week, and that's just always on the docket. Oh, what's up with William Nylander? We're bitching and moaning about Willie. And then he finally signs and he comes back and he's so far behind. He's missed so much of the season. He's like five gears behind the rest of the league because everyone's been going. And yeah, he had a horrible season, but I knew he'd bounce back and he did. <sighs> but now it's just like William Nylander just isn't a 10 plus million dollar player, I don't think. But it, he is awfully good, man. It's going. It's a very tough pill to swallow if he's going to leave. I'm hoping that they can bring in a defenseman. Again, I still put out the Brett Pesci thing. He's still out there. I don't know if Carolina's, you know, there's just not a lot of word on uh, what they're going to do with Brett Pesci. It sounds like he's still on the market. People are probably nibbling at it, but I don't know. I'm hoping now with Eric Carlson gone, the Leafs can focus in maybe on a guy like Brett Pesci. I don't know. I'm all about Brett Pesci. But again, if they can add in a Brett Pesci plus a, another big meaty defenseman they can bring in that would be fantastic because I'm still not convinced with the least blue line at least going into the playoffs it's a fine looking regular season playoffs uh regular season defense core it's going to get them into the playoffs it should no problem but once it gets to the playoffs it just you know it just it doesn't look heavy enough you know what I'm saying so if they can add in some stuff like that at the sacrifice of William Nylander, that's maybe personally what I would be doing as a uh, as the GM right now. But I don't know; it's really tough. I'm very curious what everyone's kind of gauging with William Nylander right now. My buddies, it it seems pretty safe. I mean, it seems like our conversations is leading that. It seems like Willie is the odd man out. The latest Steve Dangle video and podcast, they're saying it, it kind of seems like William Nylander is going to be the guy that kind of gets wedged out of this team because Tavares has a no move. I just can't see him waving it. And he shouldn't. He's a fantastic player. I, just, I know he's just not the most popular guy on the team, but I love John Tavares. He shouldn't have to leave this team. He's the captain. That's my two cents on it. I think they should move him and and get at get something for him now. I think his value is extremely high right now. He's got a very nice contract. He's seems to be getting better and better with age, so he could be hitting a 90 plus point season if he goes to the right team. Maybe William Nylander hits 100 points like for example, let's just say if he could play with the Penguins or something on a wing with Crosby Malkin, if he can somehow get to Edmonton, you know, playing with a McDavid. Yeah, I could see Nylander being like a 100-point winger maybe, but I just I don't think he'd be going to either of those teams. Who knows where Willie would go? I would love for him to go to Calgary just because he's kind of from there. I like William Nylander. If he goes to my Western favorite team, I wouldn't be upset about that. But where do you think William Nylander's future... Where What's William Nylander's future? Is he going to be a Leaf? Are they going to re-sign him? If they do... I think it's going to be a mistake unless they can get him under, like, it's got to be around $9 million. That's what I think. I think it's I think it's still a lot of money for, for you, William Nylander. You're already in a rich family. Like, fuck, stop being so greedy. But it, I understand it. You got to make your money. Know what you're worth. Don't get ripped off. 
I'm going to go ahead and keep that that in because my cat just knocked over something. Thankfully, not something extremely expensive, but it made a very loud sound. So apologies for that, but I'm, I'm going to keep that in because it was kind of funny. Anyway, so what were we talking about? William Nylander before I was so rudely interrupted. Yes, what is the future for William Nylander? Very curious. Me, personally, I it's so freaking hard. Personally, I still think the Leafs need to shore up more on on defense. They brought in Bertuzzi and Domi, and they have um, Matthew Nyes who's coming up. Maybe Robertson can bust out this year. Maybe William Nylander is sacrificable, and he's got a great amount of trade value to him. Like I said, good contract, great production on this player. You pair him up with a fantastic center. I don't think William Nylander is a guy that can run a, run a uh, line by himself. Just that's what I think. I mean, maybe if he's given the opportunity, he could, but I kind of put him in the, like, a better Alex DeBrincat. Like, you pair him up with someone fantastic, he's going to be really good. If you put him on a wing by him, uh, on a line by himself, he'll still be good, but you'll probably get him down to, like, a 65 to 75 point guy. But you put him with the right center, he could be, like, an 85 to 95 point guy. Anyway, I personally think that Nylander is, is probably going to be wedged out of this team. Though that's going to suck. I've enjoyed William Nylander a lot. He's been a fantastic Toronto Maple Leaf. Though I'm kind of sounding like he's already gone. But I'm just preparing myself for it. Because it just seems like that it's got to happen. Or they're going to hold on to him and losing, lose him for nothing. And I just don't agree with that. They've tried that method in the past. And it just hasn't worked over and over again. Alright. So let's try and move on. I can't believe how much time I just spent on that. But uh, yeah. I like the Austin Matthews signing, all things said and done. So let's talk about some of the other deals that have been signed over the last week or so here. So I think we left off with like Pierre Suter with the with the Canucks and stuff. So I'm going to go to Logan Stanley signs a one-year, $1 million deal with the Winnipeg Jets. 25-year-old defenseman seems pretty popular with the Jets fans. So I like that signing, $1 million. Hopefully... This, this guy can break out a little bit more this year. I think, is he the one that's like really, really tall? I know there's like a really, really tall guy on Winnipeg. There's been a lot of really, really tall guys in Winnipeg. 6'7", yeah, yeah, he's pretty big. He's a pretty big uh, young man. I wouldn't want to deal. I wouldn't want to be uh, on the bad side of that one. But good little signing there for the Winnipeg Jets. Philadelphia signs Oliver Bonk. Uh, to his entry-level deal. I believe he was one of their first-round picks this year in their draft, so congratulations. Welcome to the NHL, in a way. And then the big one, other than Austin Matthews, another big one here, Brandon Hagel gets the eight-year extension from the Tampa Bay Lightning, $52 million total, coming out to $6.5 million per season. So, oof, um, that's a big deal. It seems like the the... The feeling on this contract is it's a fair deal. I uh, I was personally, when I saw the headline that Brandon Hagel got uh, an eight-year extension from Tampa, I was like, watch. It's going to be like $4 million. It's going to be an absolute outrage. But six and a half, I was like, oh, wow. All right. They actually like gave him money. That's nice. 24-year-old left winger. He broke out for 30 goals last season. Really, really good little player. Aggressive. And yeah, I really wanted him to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And so did Kyle Dubas. They really, Kyle Dubas wanted Brandon Hagel. And uh, yeah, apparently that trade got shut down. And yeah, so that sucks. Brandon Hagel, though, he is going to be a Tampa Bay Lightning for Hopefully, he's going to be there for that whole nine years. And, yeah, 
I doubt that um, that he's he's a one and done thirty goal guy. I think he's going to be a really solid player. I think it's a nice contract and it's going to age well with the con with the the salary cap going up and stuff. If he can if he continues to be a thirty plus goal guy consistently during that contract, that's a fantastic signing. So good for Tampa Bay. I like that signing. Good all around. It's just I agree. I think it's a fair deal for for everybody. So good for Brandon Hagel. I like. If the Leafs did trade for Brandon Hagel, like I, I think he, he would have been in that situation, like a Mikheyev, Hyman, or um, <clears throat> Bunting, where it's just like he's really good, but I just don't think they could afford him. Like, how would the Leafs right now afford a Brandon Hagel? Would they have been able to do it? I mean, yeah, probably, but then you wouldn't have a Bertuzzi or maybe a, a Dami on. It would be totally different. That'd be that's like a butterfly effect situation. But anyway, cool for Brandon Hagel. Good for him. In Detroit, got Joe Valeno. Got him signed to an $850,000 contract. 23-year-old center here. So, yeah, there was a lot of potential and hype around this kid at a point. And, yeah, it seems like it's it's kind of coming to an end. Maybe he can find a different role. Uh, maybe he can find a way to increase his two-way uh, his defensive abilities. We'll see what's going on. Maybe he can crack into the Detroit lineup this year and break out. It's, you know, it kind of seems like the door's closing on that, but you know, we'll see how it goes. So Joe Valeno signs a one-year deal. Tampa Bay not done yet. They signed Darren Radish to a two-year extension, 975,000 per year. Nice depth, top six defenseman, apparently. I, again, I always think that this guy was a forward, but 27 years old. You can't go wrong with that. Nice depth signing there. And then Alex Lafreniere signs a two-year extension. Little bridge deal here. So $2.3 million per season. And yeah, straight up just a bridge deal. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, Laviolette handles the the team in New York now. So you got kind of the older group there with Zabinajad and Panarin. And then you got this young little line down there with Hedl and Lafreniere and Kako. Are they going to get a bigger role with the new coach? And like, what's going to happen with these guys? He's only he's still only 21. It seems like he's been in the league forever. I think he's a good little player. He's shown flashes of brilliance. First overall pick. So is this the year that he breaks out? We've been saying it for years now, but what is this, his third or fourth year? So, you know, it kind of seems like this could be the year for Lafreniere. I'm hoping that he gets a bigger chance. You know, I'm always rooting for the younger players. So good for him. I like that extension. And then we got the Evan Bouchard extension. This is also a bridge deal. And Edmonton basically giving the, giving him what's left. It's like, this is all the money we have. Take it. And he's like, sure, fine. So this deal here, two years, $3.9 million, and this one just reminds me so much of the P.K. Subban extension, where Montreal was like, okay, we, we don't want to give you the big money yet, we want to give you a bridge deal, and P.K. Subban said, all right, but you're going to be paying me big time after this, and he was absolutely right, he went on to win a Norris, he had fantastic, <laughs> those two years were fantastic, probably the best years he ever had, some of them anyway, and yeah, he got freaking paid, he got like, was it nine and a half million dollars or something, which was fucking hefty at the time, and yeah, I feel like it could be a very similar situation here for Evan Bouchard, he had a phenomenal season last year with the Oilers, and I could easily see him doing it again, uh, being in and around that 70. Maybe he gets even more. He's 23 years old, and he is just going to be 
feasting on that power play with the Oilers. <laughs> I It was so entertaining watching that power play last year. They were so deadly. It was just... There was just there was no hiding from that power play. It was just like a horrifying triangle of McDavid, Drysidel, and Bouchard. The bomb from the point, and then just oh, murderers row that power play. I don't think it's going to be as deadly as it was last year, but I don't think it's going to be that much of a drop off. They had the most incredible power play of all time last season, and yeah, Bouchard was a big part of that, and a three point nine million dollar deal, baby. That is a bargain for right now. More than likely going to be paying for that in a couple years. Maybe he walks. Who knows what's going to happen, but who cares? For two years, the window is open right now for the Edmonton Oilers to win a Stanley Cup. And a deal like that, that's going to help him out a lot. So that's pretty much all the money that Edmonton has left. Giving it to Bouchard, he accepts it. And yeah, that's that's going to help them out a lot. So good for Evan Bouchard and the Edmonton Oilers. And that is all the major signings over last week. I think here there was a small main uh, minor deal uh, trade happened here between the Ducks and the Sabres. Ilya Labushkin, I think he's returning to the Buffalo Sabres for a fourth round pick in the 2025 draft. So... Yeah, it looks like Anaheim didn't have... Or, sorry, other way around. (laughs) Buffalo is sending Labushkin to the Anaheim Ducks, and Buffalo receives a fourth. That's okay, yeah. That makes sense, because Buffalo just didn't seem like they had a spot open left for Labushkin. Uh, I mean, he probably would have gotten some games... You know, uh, injuries happen and stuff, but the Ducks, I think, need him a little bit more. Solid little, you know, bottom six defenseman. I liked him when he was there with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Maybe got overused a little bit, but, you know, that's the kind of guy I wouldn't have minded the Leafs picking up for a fourth-round pick. But it's already done. Maybe they get him at the deadline. But, yeah, Ilya Bushkin, nice bottom six, top six defenseman. Not bad. Little deal right there. So we got some other news to go through. We have a retirement here for Jonathan Bernier, former Toronto Maple Leaf legendary goaltender. I mean, not so much, but I like Jonathan Bernier when he was there for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I like Bernier overall as a goaltender, I think. Uh, maybe he got a little overblown when he was there for for the Leafs, obviously. You get way more attention, but after his tenure with the Leafs, he went on and just was a very solid goaltender. Sadly, injuries have uh, cut his career short, which is a shame, but... Man, Jonathan Bernier had some fantastic games at times. I just think an overall very solid goaltender. I remember a lot of the uh, older NHL video games he used to get so insanely good. I remember like 95, 96 overall Jonathan Bernier's in like NHL like 11 and shit like that. Like, oh man, he was awesome. And yeah, so sadly his career is over, but a nice solid NHL career for him. So that's really cool. And we have an update here. For Alexander Galchenyuk, so uh, he was in a little bit of trouble over the summer, and uh, now we have an update here for that. So he does plead guilty to a threatening charge, and then all the other charges were dropped. So his sentencing is, uh, it was 30 days in jail. They cut that down to three days in jail. He is going to complete an alcohol recovery program, and he is to be one year alcohol free. So, yeah, I mean, um, I guess a fair sentencing, I mean, he didn't, uh, he pled guilty to it, so he's admitting to it, and he got the help, and yeah, so he's on the right path here to recovery, he's going to pay his dues, and yeah, hopefully he can uh, get his, get his 
life back on track and get back. I mean, former third overall pick, I believe, man. Like, I remember, again, back in the older NHL games, this used to get so freaking good. I remember that draft. I wanted him. I wanted the Leafs to get him so bad, but he went before the pick, and I think we got Morgan Riley. So I think we're okay with that. But yeah, uh, just get everything back on track, Alex Galchenyuk. I was just thinking of that one-year alcohol-free. Like, I'm not a big drinker anymore. Like, I'll have a couple beers every now and again on a hot day, just sit out there, have a couple or something. But yeah, even like, I just, huh, I just, a year free of alcohol, that'd be tough. I know that's probably next to impossible for some people, but yeah, that's going to be tough. But you know, it's, um, you gotta, you gotta pay the piper sometimes, man. So Alice Galchenyuk. Okay, so it is PTO season, player tryout time. So a whole bunch of players are starting to get PTOs. Uh, too many to list, but a couple notable, notable names that I saw. Peter Holland, everyone was kind of like, oh shit. I remember Petey Halsman, he used to be a Leaf. I liked him when he was a Toronto Maple Leaf, and I like him overall as a player. He's just a, I was, I, again, I was a little bit surprised. Like, oh shit, my eyebrow raised when I saw that name. I was like, oh fuck, I thought he was done. But hopefully he can get that PTO. I, I don't. I didn't have the the team written down. I think it's Carolina. That's where he was trying out. Uh, Another one here that I wrote down that was interesting was Chieson. He's looking uh, to try out with the Bruins. I feel like he could find a decent home there for the Bruins. I mean, Chieson, I think of him as like a solid kind of a bottom six grinder, power forward kind of guy. I think that could fit in. That that kind of guy always fits in decently with the Bruins, so maybe he can fit in with them. So, yeah, a whole bunch of player tryouts going on right now. Phil Kessel's still out there. I just have to throw that out there. What, what the fuck? Someone sign this man. Leafs, Phil, you guys got to figure this out. Bring him home for me so then I can get a, a nice new Phil Kessel jersey or something like that. That'd be great. So that's everything that's been going on. Let's talk about some Metro Division predictions. So, again... Last week, I talked about the Atlantic. We went through those predictions. I'm going to hold on those predictions for right now. I don't think anything really major happened in terms of the Atlantic. I mean, Buffalo losing the Bushkin. Oh, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs now. I'm, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, let's get into the Metro. I think we're going to start with the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's go with them. We'll start off with a little easy one here. So we know that the Flyers are going into their rebuild. They've pretty much admitted it now this time, and and well done. I think they need this rebuild. So how'd they do in the offseason? Well, Justin Braun retired. Uh, Troy Grosnick is gone. Brendan Lemieux went to Carolina. JVR signs in Boston. And that's about it. They didn't lose too many guys. They brought in some guys paling. Uh, I don't know if that's Jake Gardner, but possibly Hathaway, Mark Stahl. Uh, Mette, Cates, York resigns, Likesell signs. So yeah, they didn't really get up to too much uh, big stuff. They did make some trades and stuff. So we'll hop over to their, uh, what do you call it, cap-friendly page here. So let's go through their forwards. They still have some pretty all-right players here. I mean, Travis Konechny, good player. I mean, a lot of talk around him getting traded, 26 years old, on a nice contract, still... Uh, has a contract signed for this year and next at $5.5 million. I mean, could he get traded? Possibly, but, you know, they still need to have some players around. But there's been, yeah, a lot of trade talk around Travis Konechny. And uh, we got Joel Farabee here. 23 years old. He signed a nice big extension, $5 million per season. I don't know about that one, man. Like, um, 
I'll have to look here and see how he's done over the last few seasons. I haven't, uh, I don't know, man. Like, he's only got 39 points last year, 15 goals, 17 goals, and 20 goals over his last three years. So, like, maybe a little bit overpaid right there, but still 23, and he's going to have a bigger role on this team. So, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know how tradable that contract is, though. We got a, I would imagine, a Philadelphia Flyers favorite, Scott Lawton. I like this player. Good, solid, two-way center. I believe he still plays center. Still signed for quite a long time. Could he get traded? There's a good chance. 29 years old. You got Noah Cates, Garnet Hathaway, Nick Delorier is back. Owen Tippett, who I I enjoyed uh, that trade quite a bit, and it's been doing pretty well for them. Owen Tippett seems to be uh, becoming a solid top six, you know, like a second liner, third, second line, middle six kind of guy. But I like Owen, Owen Tippett. He's a good little player. Ryan Paling, Tyson Forrester, Wade Alliston. Uh, Morgan Frost, maybe he can bust out this year. They still need to get that that contract signed up. And let's just see. They still have Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson still on long-term injured reserve. I don't know how much more we're going to see out of these players, which is a shame. Like, Sean Couturier is a major player for the for the Flyers. He's a fantastic two-way forward. And Cam Atkinson, a nice, solid uh, scoring winger. He's getting a little bit on the, you know, getting into that mid-30s range now, but uh, I like Cam Atkinson quite a bit, so I don't know if we're going to see much out of them, and then obviously Ryan Ellis, I don't think we're going to see that anymore. They traded away Kevin Hayes, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably for the best. It seems like that's uh, a player, like I'm not talking about his personal life or anything, but it just seemed like he was the kind of player they wanted to move away from. He seems a little bit not saying that he doesn't care about the game, but he likes to have a lot of fun. So, you know, when you have a guy like Tortorella as your coach, no fun. We don't we don't have fun anymore. So, yeah, not the most uh, eye-popping offensive for, uh, group right here. But there's some names there that you're rooting for. The guys like Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, Ryan Paling, uh, Tyson Forrester. Maybe you're going to see something out of this young man. And then let's take a look at some of their younger guys. Uh, Bobby Brink, I don't know how much you're going to see out of their younger forwards. Uh, that's about the only name that really pops out to me in terms of their younger forwards. So yeah, they're, it's going to be a, a rougher season for the Philadelphia Flyers trying to get some goals. But uh, hopefully some guys can come back and be healthy and some of the younger ones can uh, step up. You do have Tortorella behind the bench, so he's going to keep a team that, you know, is is kind of tight checking. You're not going to get too many goals scored against you, but you're not going to score too many goals. So it's going to be a little bit eh, of a team. And then defense, you got Travis Sanheim and his massive deal. Uh, the $6.25 million kicking in this year, eight-year deal. So yeah, that one. May not age great. People are already complaining about it before it's even kicked in. So, yeah, I don't know if Travis Sanheim is ever going to get traded. There was apparently a trade on the table, but uh, it didn't happen with St. Louis. So, very interesting. Maybe he can get traded. Rasmus Ristolainen still here, whether you like it or not. Sean Walker, Cam York, hoping for a big year for Cam York. If he can bust through and become a top four for them this season, that'd be great. Mark Stahl, veteran defenseman signed. Nick Sealer and Igor Samula. So, yeah, the big one here is Cam York. Looking for him to take a big major step in the league. He's only 22, so maybe not this year. Could be the next one. He's still signed for a couple more seasons. 
So yeah, Cam York is going to be the big one. I don't know if they're going to trade him. There, I've heard some talks about that, but I don't know. It seems like a week-by-week basis. Like he's untradeable, and then there's some talks that maybe he is going to get traded. And then we get to the goaltending. Well, hold on. Let's go back to the defense. There are some younger defensemen here that I think they have in there. So Oliver Bonk, I mean, he's 18, doubtful. You're going to see him in an NHL lineup this season. Will Zomelk, he sounds he sounds familiar. Anyway, again, nothing too many guys down there that look too eye appealing. So yeah, it's going to be a while. The the Flyers are in their rebuild. They're going to start restocking the cupboards, getting better draft picks and better prospects. So it's going to be a bit. I have them at eighth. Obviously, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a rough year for them. Uh, hopefully Tortorella doesn't get him like too many extra wins that they shouldn't be getting. Like maybe he was the wrong coach to bring in. Like maybe you just want the, a coach that is really good with the young guys. Though Tortorella has, he's definitely adapted. He's not as fucking nasty as he was like 10 years ago. And he's been better with the younger players. But I don't know. Maybe you want like a young guy specialist for the immense amount of young guys that are more than likely, likely going to be coming into this team. But that's just me. I, I enjoy Tortorella. He's entertaining at least. But he's definitely changed. So I don't know what's going to be happening with the coaching future of the Philadelphia Flyers. But all I can say for confidence this year is that it's, it's going to be a little bit of a rough ride for the Philadelphia Flyers. Since we did the Philadelphia Flyers, let's go to their best friends, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had a very, very busy offseason. New GM Kyle Dubas coming in and, yeah, making his mark on this team. So let's, uh, oh my god, let's talk about some of the guys that have left the team. Josh Archibald is gone. Nick Benino is out of here. Drake Kajula, Brian Dumoulin, that's a pretty big one. Tristan Jari had re-signed. Dmitry Kulikov is gone. Ryan Paling, Dustin Tikarski, and Jason Zucker all leaving the team. But they brought in a whole plethora of players in the offseason. Noel Achari, Graves with the big six-year contract. We'll, we'll see how that one goes. Tristan Jari got a big re-signing contract. We'll, we'll see how that one goes. Nieto, Nadelkovic brought in for some goaltending depth. More than likely, they're back up this season, or at least competing for it. Lars Eller, uh, Kopanen, Shea, Zahorna, Helberg, another goaltender. Maybe he's going to be the backup. Will Butcher, Hinnestroza, Janssen, Gruden, Smith, O'Connor. So yeah, a whole bunch of guys. Uh, you know, half of those are more than likely just depth guys. But the big one that they brought in was Eric Freaking Carlson. So Eric Carlson, it finally happened. Uh, he added to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So how do I feel about how they're going to be in this in this regular season? Well, we'll we'll get to that. So. Obviously, they got no more friggin' money now that they brought in Eric Carlson to this team. Uh, We brought in Kyle Dubas. He's getting paid everything. Mike Sullivan's still the coach of this team. Uh, Maybe his time is coming up to an end if they miss the playoffs again. So that was the big storyline for the the Pens last year. Missing the playoffs for the first time in a very, very long time. And yeah, and the strange thing was Crosby and Malkin were healthy for the whole entire season, which was wild, but making a lot of changes. So let's go through this forward group. Obviously, you have the big ones, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and then you got Brian Russ, Ricard Raquel, Riley Smith brought in in a trade. I I like that addition as well. Is he going to make a big impact on this team? Well, we're just going to have to wait and find out. I wouldn't 
you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he's going to be similar to what he was with the Vegas Golden Knights, a 55 to 60 point guy. It all depends on who he connects with. If he can connect with Crosby and or Malkin, then yeah, he should be getting more points. Got Jeff Carter here, Lars Eller, Nolachari, Rem Pitlick, Drew O'Connor, Matt Nieto, and Alexander Nylander. I'm doubting that Alexander Nylander is going to be making the team. I'm rooting for him. Again, another player in the old NHL games that used to get really good. But yeah, probably going to be playing with their AHL team. But again, like on paper, this is a nice looking forward group. Like you got Malkin Crosby, your one, two centers. Jeff Carter, I know people really don't like him. He's getting paid a lot of money, $3 million still for this season. He's 38 years old now. Crosby's 36. Malkin's 37. So it's a, it's an older core team, but again, Crosby and Malkin, they're a different beast. Like Malkin was still a point a game last year. Crosby's still over a point a game. Is their production going to take a dip? I mean, Malkin's maybe a little bit. Crosby's, I, I still think he's going to be very good this season. And uh, yeah, you're just going to be looking for bounce backs from Brian Rust. I think Ricard Raquel has been a nice addition for the Pens since he arrived. Uh, I, I like him. $5 million, I think, is fair. Some people don't like him. They think he's overpaid. But I think Ricard Raquel is a solid winger for their team. Uh, Lars Eller, he's just, you know, such a good... Maybe he's going to be the third-line center. That kind of adds in. They have no Lachari there. So maybe Jeff Carter is going to get buried in the minor somewhere are they going to use him is he going to get injured early and then then that's just it with him I don't know what's going to happen with Jeff Carter I mean he he is quite old and he's kind of fallen off of a cliff uh over but it it started out really good we got to say that there there were some nice moments there for Jeff Carter when he first showed up but yeah he's 38 so just cut the guy some slack jeez but really like the Nolachari uh additions and Lars Eller that's definitely going to help with the Jeff Carter situation and like move him down there's no there's no way he should be playing third line uh center for them right now and then Matt Nieto Rem Pitlick they could maybe use a little bit more depth in terms of forwards but again they don't have uh very much they don't have any money and then Jake Gensel he's still listed on the long-term injured reserve I believe he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season uh, and yeah, he's going to be a big major role on this team. Should be good as long as he's healthy for 40 goals. And yeah, if you get a bounce back from Brian Russ, Ricard Raquel keeps doing what he's doing. And Riley Smith, if he can come in, provide 25, maybe even 30 goals, that might be pushing it. But why not? I mean, now he's got the Stanley Cup. He's, you know, he can, it sucks that he's getting traded away, but he's going into another fun opportunity to play with Sidney Crosby. Like, I think that's kind of exciting. So I think he's going to be rejuvenated, not rejuvenated. Like how much more rejuvenated could you be after winning a Stanley Cup? But I think he's going to be motivated to just be like, you know, yeah, I can make my mark here too. And maybe win another Stanley Cup. I mean, I don't think the, I don't think the, the pens are necessarily a cup contender, but if they make it into the playoffs, can you really, I don't know, I mean, Crosby, Malkin, they haven't won around or really done much damage in the playoffs since their Stanley Cup wins in 16-17, so, I don't know, we'll see. So, we'll, we'll take a look here at some of the younger 
players. I think we know that there's not much uh, in terms of younger players that are on the up and ups. I don't think there's really many guys. They do have Vinny Henestrosa down there, Radim Zahorna. Maybe these guys can come up and again be uh, depth forwards for them. Andreas Janssen, what's going to happen with that guy? I mean, can he find what he had in Toronto? He was a pretty solid third line guy. He's definitely been dealing with some injury troubles, but he's on an $800,000 deal. Maybe he can get called up and he finds his way back into the NHL. So it's a it's a low risk signing. Maybe it works out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. So I like their forward group. It looks good. It looks deadly. It is on the older side. We're seeing a lot of guys here on the, the 30 and above. But again, leading with Crosby and Malkin, it's hard to count them out. So now the defense, the big talking point, uh, the big additions here, obviously. Eric Carlson here, $10 million. He is 33 years old now. And he got 100 points last season. Got over 100 points. First defenseman to do that in a very long time with the San Jose Sharks. So the big question is going to be, can he do that again now with the Pens? Uh, I mean, 100 points is very, very difficult to do. I wouldn't be horribly shocked if he did do it again. I'd be a little bit surprised, but I think he's going to be, again, as long as he's healthy and everything, a point-of-game defenseman, which is a fantastic addition. He should help out a lot with their power play, which has been a little bit... uh, It's been struggling a little bit over the last few years, which, again, is surprising with guys like Crosby Malkin on it. But... Eric Carlson should definitely help out with that. I'm curious to see what they're, how they're going to deploy Eric Carlson. He should should be safe to say he's going to be on power play one. But then what are you going to do with Chris Letang? You're going to spread it out? That's going to be the interesting thing. So, again, you have Chris Letang. He is 36 now. He's getting older. Uh, he's had tons of injury history. He's had a couple of healthy seasons. He had a rough year just personally last year. Hopefully he'll be bouncing back. Stay healthy and yeah, just have a nice season. I really like Chris Letang. Great hair. Ryan Graves added good defensive defenseman, $4.5 million. A little on the pricey side right now, but if he can come in there and be a phenomenal defensive defenseman, maybe he gets paired with Eric Carlson or Chris Letang, and that's the guy that gets stapled. He's just like the rock. Like, okay, Eric Carlson's gone rogue. He's going crazy. Oh, it's okay. We got Ryan Graves back there. So they're hoping for that out of him, and maybe Marcus Pedersen as well. I like him. Probably an underrated defenseman, I'd say, in the league at this point. Uh, more than likely will be paired with a Chris Letang or Carlson. And just, a, yeah, nice, good, solid defenseman. Pierre Oliver Joseph, Chad Ruedel, I love that name, and Ty Smith. So Ty Smith, 23. I mean, he showed that potential there in New Jersey. just hasn't really found his way with, um, with the Pens just yet. Will he make the lineup? Maybe, but it's kind of doubtful. That's, it's hard with these three guys right here. Like Chad Ruedel, yeah, probably going to be on the team. He's been playing there for a bit. Pierre Oliver Joseph, 24-year-old defenseman. Will he take a step forward? I imagine the Pens are hoping so. And we'll look at the, some of the younger defensemen down there. They have Xavier Ulet. He's a, kind of probably be a def, uh, depth defenseman as well. Uh, Isaac Beaulieu, I don't know who that... Will Butcher, there's another one. Uh, they signed him. Uh, what's his role going to be? I mean, he wasn't very good with them last year. I don't even think he made it uh, onto the Pens lineup for very much. He's on a league minimum contract, so... If he can find his way back, that would be really helpful for the pen for the pens. So I don't like. I mean, their defense definitely is um, could use some depth for sure. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a little bit offensive heavy. 
So they're definitely going to be banking on Ryan Graves to be a really good defensive option for them. I'm tr- I'm thinking of the name, the defenseman that they traded to New Jersey. Uh, I can't, I don't have his name right now, but yeah, they they're missing a guy like that. He would he was a great defenseman, and it, it really appears to have been a major mistake trading that defenseman away. But an okay looking defensive core. I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to be a defensive core that can get you points as long as they're healthy with Eric Carlson and Chris Letang. And then goaltending, yeah, so a little bit shaky. You know, you got Tristan Jari, kind of an up-and-down goaltender. He can be really solid, and then some games he can absolutely crumble, uh, mostly focusing in on his playoff stuff. So you're, you're going to want him to, to perform in the playoffs. He's 28 years old now. He's, he's on. He's getting paid. He's locked in now. There really wasn't any better options I didn't see out in the free agency market. You have guys like maybe at Hellebuck, that's on the market, but I just don't. I don't think they had the assets really to bring him in, along with an Eric Carlson. So yeah, that's kind of pushing it. But Tristan Jari, a solid enough goaltender, I think that he can get you uh, into the playoffs as long as he's healthy. You got Alex Nedeljkovic back there to help him out. So I mean, yeah, he looked really good in Carolina, not so good in Detroit. Uh, I I think it, it's it's tough to say. Hopefully, he can find his way back. But they also have. Um, Helberg back there as well so I don't know those two are definitely going to have to battle it out it looks like Nadelkovich has the inside track on the backup goaltending spot but we'll have to wait and see hopefully he can bounce back maybe he can be unreal for them he's 27 so it's not like the door is closed but goaltenders again are just so damn freaking tricky to predict so speaking of predictions where do I have the Pittsburgh Penguins well I'm kind of sold on them. I think they could make it back into the playoffs and probably should as long as they're healthy. That's always going that's going to be a major point for every team in the league. Health is important and it's hard to find, but I have them listed as fourth right now. Again, like last year it was close. They had some unfortunate injuries. If they if they had a, uh, an Eric Carlson back there to help him out when Chris Letang wasn't there, maybe they would have made it into the playoffs. They have a little bit of a different goaltending situation. They got to get some better goaltending. They got to have better defense and power plays. And as long as Crosby Malkin can stay point of game players, Gunsel comes back nice and healthy and remains a nice forty goal scorer. I could see the Pittsburgh Penguins getting back into the playoffs and hopefully they do because it's it's you know the pressure isn't on for Dubas just yet like really really on but yeah you know it's a big deal for him he's locked in he's making big moves and he's trying to get this team back into the playoffs and win one more Stanley Cup for Sidney Crosby and Malkin and Latang before they retire so it's going to be a tough one I think he's done quite a lot in the offseason and yeah we'll see how it works out the Pens are going to be an extremely interesting team to watch and it's going to be a high pressure situation for coach Mike Sullivan he's been here for a minute if they miss the play if they miss the playoffs this year more than likely we might see the end of Mike Sullivan and have a coaching change but we'll see how that goes so I have them going into the playoffs this year Let's go off to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They are looking to make a a pretty big change. So they've done some things in the offseason, more so with the trading, but let's go through what they've done in the offseason. They lost Gavin Bayreuther. He's off to Dallas. Lane Peterson off to Edmonton. And Justin Richards off to Buffalo. And it says here they haven't done any signings. So, all right, let's, um, let's take a look at this team. So they got about... 
about five million dollars apparently left in cap space. They, they, you know, there are some players out there. They they could sign some people. Phil Kessel, just saying. Um, so let's look at this forward group here. So they brought in Johnny Goudreau last year, a big surprise surprise for the NHL. Not no, I don't think anyone predicted Johnny Goudreau going to Columbus, but here he is, and not such a hot start for his. Uh, debut in Columbus a substantial decrease in points from Calgary going from like 115 points down to like 75 it was expected that he was going to go down but maybe not that much so Johnny Goudreau definitely looking for a bounce back here I can see him easily bouncing back for minimum point a game player like come on now Uh, they have added some a little bit of uh, stuff here we'll we'll see if Adam Fantilli gets into this lineup this season Uh, it's hard to say he's 18 years old um, it would be nice to see him get into the lineup right away. That would be awesome. Get some chemistry going with Johnny Goudreau, maybe a little Patrick Laine. That would be a lot of fun. And, of course, you have Patrick Laine here. He's only 25 years old still. Again, another player that seems like he's been in the league for 180 years. Tr- Got to stay healthy this year, Patrick Laine. I was really banking on him to have a fantastic season last year, and he was. He was having a nice season, but then he got injured, and that's that. He was around a point a game not scoring as many goals as he used to he's kind of becoming a I'm not saying he's become a straight-up playmaker he can still freaking rip a dip and score a nice goal and get really hot and score a bunch of goals but he's becoming a better passer now as the as the years have gone by his contract is hefty 8.7 million dollars I wouldn't say he's necessarily lived up to that but mostly because of injuries I think uh in terms of points production he's been pretty damn good I I still enjoy Patrick Laine you have Jack Roslovic, who's, uh, again, pretty much everyone on Columbus is going to be looking for a bounce back. They had a fucking nightmare season last year. Everything went wrong. Everyone got hurt. So, yeah, everyone, pretty much safe to say everyone on this list is looking for a bounce back, including Jack Roslovic. Uh, I liked he initially made a pretty nice splash when he got here from Winnipeg. He's looking to make a bigger splash. Boone Jenner, I mean, probably overplayed last year. He shouldn't be your first-line center. Uh, really, probably a good, a solid second-line, perfect third-line, I would think. Sean Corrali, you got Eric Robertson. Alex Texier is apparently back from Europe. I was like, okie dokie. I like Texier. He's only 23, so they're going to be looking for some point production out of him. He's only making 1.5. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Matthew Olivier is here. And then, like I said, we have Adam Fantilli hoping to crack the lineup this year. Ken Johnson, a nice start last year. I think he was about 45 points. I had him listed as a Calder uh, contender. Didn't quite get there, but again, he's a very young player. He's only 20 years old, looking for another step. Maybe he gets to 50, 55 points this season. You're just looking for an increase. You don't want to see him go backwards. Just keep moving forward. And a really interesting player on this team is Kirill Marchenko. He is the one that scored like 23 goals and had like two assists. So hopefully he can keep that goal scoring, but let's bring up those assists a little bit. I understand there's not necessarily a lot of guys to uh, score in Columbus. So he was definitely a shoot first mentality guy. Someone needed to score. And yeah, maybe he can get to 25, maybe bust out for 30 this season. He's a guy to keep your eye on. Watch out for him. If you're uh, looking for some goals in your fantasy pool, he might be a nice little pickup. He's 23 years old, so he could get better. You have Emil Benstrom and Liam Foodie. Uh, Foodie, I always remember that fucking name when the when Columbus played the Leafs. 
I liked him, uh, especially if he's a player that annoys me when he plays the Leafs. That's I'm okay. He's probably pretty decent. He's doing something right out there. He's pissing me off. So uh, yeah, Liam Foodie looking to make an impact on the roster. And in terms of some of the other younger players, uh, let's just see if they're injured reserve. If there's any big forward names, you have Justin Dampforth, who is there, but you know, 30 year old, probably a, a depth forward at this point. And we'll look at their uh, non-roster. You have Cole Sillinger, more than likely going to make it onto the team this year. He's 20 years old. I believe he was eighth overall first-round pick a couple years ago. So, yeah, another young, uh, exciting player looking to make an impact here for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just trying to – I'm probably going to miss names here. I'm just trying to look for ones that really bounce out to me. Brendan Gauntz, more than likely a depth forward for them. Yeah, so let's move on now to the defensive core. In terms of that forward group, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely not there yet for uh, playoff contention. I can see them, you know, at least being better than last year. But yeah, it's, it's still going to take a minute. It's young, like Adam Fantilli. I don't think he's uh, going to turn this team around all by himself overnight. I think it's going to be him plus some other additions that they're going to have to make over the next couple of years. But... Definitely a team that looks like they're on the rise. A lot of young, exciting players. Fantilli and uh, Johnson and Sillinger. Like, yeah, you got some young players there that are pretty interesting. And then the defense. So here's where they made some impacts here. So they brought in Damon Severson, signed him to an eight-year extension, Probably not going to go very well, but it should be fine for a couple of years. He's not like an incredible defensive defenseman or anything. New Jersey fans will tell you that. Uh, If he's played... Properly, he should be a solid 40 40 to 50 point getting defenseman, should make an impact on their power play. Ivan Provorov brought in from Philadelphia, looking for a fresh start. He's been kind of uh, falling off a little bit. Uh, in Philadelphia, looking for a good defensive partner. His his best partner retired, sadly. So looking for a fresh start for Ivan Provorov. Going to be interesting. I would think, arguably, their best defenseman on the team right now. And he's the newest. So yeah, they have Erica Branson, you know, big, strong, physical defensive defenseman. Andrew Peak, Adam Bobquist looking for a little bit more out of Bobquist in terms of offense. An- another step. He's 23 now, so... You know, time is beginning to run out. Nick Blankenberg and Tim Burney. And, of course, you have Zach uh, Zach Wierenski, who is coming off of injured reserve. Says he's good to go. 26. He is obviously the backbone of this team. Uh, they struggle mightily without him. So, yeah, he, they're going to need him. He's a big minute-eating uh, minute defenseman. They're, yeah, they're going to need him. And then Jake Bean. Could he... Uh, make a big impact he's 25 years old now so I don't know what the future is going to hold for him so a solid looking defensive core absolutely improved over last year bringing in Provorov Damon Severson if you add in a nice healthy fresh Wierenski yeah that should definitely help out this team quite a lot and the big big thing with um Columbus is going to be their their goaltending. It was an absolute nightmare last year for all their goalies. Uh, Merzlikens did not have the bounce back I was hoping he was going to have. I think he was even worse than he was the year before, sadly. And that hurts because I, I I love Elvis Merzlikens, man. That's the best name. And then Tarasov, uh, their young 24-year-old goaltender, he didn't really have a good year either. So both of them looking for major bounce backs. I get nervous now with Merzlikens because it's been two straight years of of not very good goaltending. So yeah, this is going to be a very important year for Merzlikens' career. 
Uh, if it doesn't go well, it potentially gets bought out, and then, yeah, we'll see where it goes, but yeah, hoping for bounce backs for both of these goaltenders. Merzlikens is 29 now, so it's like, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for him. It's going to be tough. They have Aaron Dell now as well, and... Um, trying to look at they brought in another goal they have another goaltender I think uh Jet Greaves who I think he could be in contention for that backup spot he had the best numbers last year for them he was the only goaltender above 900 save percentage though he didn't play very much he's 22 so he could be in contention for that backup spot but I would think going into the season they're going to go Tarasov and Merz Lickens so how do I think they're going to perform this year? Well, I think they're going to do better than last year, but not a whole lot. I have them at 7th, so I don't have them in a playoff spot. I don't really have them in, in the mix all that much. I, th- I think it should be at least exciting, but we'll see how it goes. If, if Fantilli can get in there and just you know fuck around, get 50, 60 points, and be really fun to watch, that'd be fantastic for Columbus, man. They, they need a player there that can be like their icon, someone that they can get behind. I know they had Rick Nash, but like they're they're really looking for a, a fucking a guy that they can market their their team around. So may, hopefully Adam Fantilli can be that guy. So there you go. There's Columbus. Let's move on now to the Carolina Hurricanes, the powerhouse. They have been very much so in the mix for a Stanley Cup over the last four years. Just looking to break through and get into that third and fourth and beyond. We'll see how it goes for them. Is this going to be the year finally? So how did they do in the offseason? Well, they re-signed Freddie Anderson. That's good. They lost Calvin DeHaan. He's off to Tampa Bay. Shane Gossespierre is off to Detroit. Kasha is is just out of the NHL now. Legacy is gone. LeJoie, uh, McCurran, Max Pachaschetti, he is off to Washington. Antti Ranta re-signed. And Zach Zashenko. So not a lot of big names. Uh, Max Pachaschetti is a big name, but he really he didn't get to play a whole lot at all last year for the Carolina Hurricanes. Sadly got injured before he... I don't even think he played for them, sadly. So that kind of sucks, but you know they got him for nothing. So easy come, easy go. Yeah, so in, in terms of additions, they brought in Orlov for two years, uh, re-signed Ranta and Anderson, brought in Michael Bunting, Coglin, Brendan Lemieux, Tony D is coming back, and Caleb Jones. So yeah, I like those, uh, a lot of nice looking additions here. So let's take a look at this team on Cap Friendly. Uh, they don't really have any money. They got $920,000 apparently. Head coach, Rod Brindamore, baby. He is Rod the Bod. He's a legend. GM Don Waddle, Don Waddell, I know. He's doing a pretty good job here. He re-signed Sebastian Ajo. Uh, he's still got one more year left on that 8.4 million, and then he is uh, locked in for eight more years at 9.75 million. Mwah, beautifully done. And then they have, so you have Sebastian Ajo, Taro Teravainen, he's got one more year left at 5.4. Are they going to be able to re-sign him? Are they going to trade him? Are they just going to let him walk? At this point, Carolina is so close to getting that cup. It's an extremely, extremely tough decision. You have Jesper Kocktin-Niemi. He's now into that seven-year deal at 4.8. Still kind of working his way up to it, but pretty good. You know, he's not bad. He's definitely not a bad player. He's 23, and I like him being in the Carolina system. He's getting better on the defensive aspect. He's getting a little bit more points. He's just coming along pretty slowly, so... 
Uh, I imagine he's going to take, hopefully, another step forward this year. Will he break to 50, 60 points? We'll have to wait and see. Brought in Michael Bunting. So, uh, yeah, we, I kind of knew as a Leaf fan that Michael Bunting wasn't, you just weren't going to be able to afford to bring him back. Signs for Carolina for three years, $4.5 million. Not bad. I mean, if he can... You know, a little bit of a reset for Michael Bunting in terms of the referees. I think he will get that in Carolina. They won't be so mean to him that they were in Toronto. And if he can do what he did in Toronto, yeah, he'll be a nice addition. I don't think he's going to be necessarily a Zach Hyman addition like he was with Edmonton. And he's probably not going to get as many points as he did in Toronto. But he brings that fire. He brings an edge. And he... He's definitely a little shit out there. So you're going to want him. Uh, a nice addition for the team. Martin Nachaz had a big year last year. Broke out for some big points. Looking for that to continue. And it's a good chance that he will. He's in a contract year. Last year of his $3 million. So yeah, he's going to be looking for a big year. Jordan Stahl, the captain of the team, still here. He re-signed. That's good. Nice, uh, perfect, beautiful third-line center. He could pop up to second line when needed. I really enjoy Jordan Stahl. Jesper Fast. Jordan Martinuk had a nice year, or a fantastic playoff run. Jack Drury, nice young forward here, 23 years old, looking for a big step, along with Seth Jarvis, who looked like he was starting to get it going there. He's 21 now, so on his, uh, both he and uh, Drury are on contract years so maybe they break out hoping so Brendan Lemieux brought in for some just assholeness and Stefan Nason pretty fucking good looking forward group man like they're not gonna blow you away with like 100 point seasons that's just not the way that Carolina operates but so solid from from top to bottom man they got nice depth I think they could get points out of every lineup maybe not I don't know it's gonna depend on where they're putting Drury and Yarvis and stuff like that but very very good solid just defensively responsible forward group like there's no one on this team really that I'm like oh man what a defensive liability right like they're all pretty damn solid at it so I like that. Just take a look at injured reserve. Oh, my boy. How can I forget? Andre Svechnikov. He should be ready and good to go for the Carolina Hurricanes. Myself and the hockey guy on YouTube have been waiting and waiting for him to bust out for like a 45-50 goal season maybe. Uh, he's an extremely talented forward. He just... You know, he just he doesn't get the, you know, the reins to gallop as much in Carolina, but still good for a, should be a 30-goal guy. Should be getting more, but yeah, stay healthy. And Andre Svechnikov, probably my favorite player on this team. I love that guy. And they got Nathan Beaulieu on a professional tryout. That's a defenseman. And we'll take a look here at some of the younger names. I'm not seeing anyone that really screams out to me here Carolina Hurricanes fans if there is a young prospect uh, shout it out to me I'm just not that's where I'm probably weakest is uh prospects prospect pools for like anyone that's outside of the first round I probably am not overly aware of them so let's take a look at this defensive core Carolina always been known to have a very nice defensive core and they've even improved on it I would say adding in Dmitry Orlov they were in the Eric Carlson sweepstakes but they fell out but I like the addition of Dmitry Orlov. He was fucking unreal for the Bruins and his little pit stop there. If he can be that for the Carolina Hurricanes, holy shit, that will be great. Two-year deal, so he's 32. I think that's just a, a good, fair signing. Uh, not too long. It's a little pricey, but I think it should be fine. Jacob Slavin, just, again, one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Uh, he's still signed for a couple more years. Just the most solid defensive defenseman doesn't take penalties 
excellent defenseman Brett Burns rejuvenized here in Carolina looking to continue on he's 38 now but he just doesn't seem to be slowing down so I love Brett Burns probably my second favorite favorite defenseman second favorite overall Uh, Brady Shea another very solid defenseman one more year left on his deal he's 29 Brett Pesci been talking about him a lot is he going to get traded they're going to hold on to this guy it's still up in the air he's on his last year on his four million dollar deal Brought back in Anthony D'Angelo. He had great success with them. Went off to Philadelphia. Didn't work out. So he's coming back. And he signed for like a a 1.6 mil. Fantastic. He's probably going to get fucking 50, 60 points. Caleb Jones and Chatfield signed for depth. And yeah, man, that is a nice, nice looking defensive core. Just... Yeah, you got guys there that can get points. You got guys that can bomb it from the point. Brett Burns has a beautiful shot from the point. And you got so many good just defensive guys. If they lose Brett Pesci, I don't even, it wouldn't even hurt them all that bad. Like, it's definitely going to suck, but they can eat it, man. They got really nice defense. Nathan Beaulieu on the tryout. And again, we'll just take a look at some of the names down here. Uh Oh, that's a different honka. Yeah, sorry. I don't really know any of those names. And then goaltending... The same thing that they had last year, and it's arguably the best thruple in the league. Frederick Anderson, Peter Kachekov, and Antti Ranta. So basically built into the system that Anderson and or Ranta are going to get hurt at some point or another in this in this season. And then they have Kachekov, just the ace in the hole. He is making $2 million. Like, he makes more than Ranta, so... There is a possibility that Kachekov could be the backup coming in. Anti-Ranta stays down, but if they bring up Anti-Ranta and have to send him back down, a very strong chance he's claimed on waivers. So that's going to be an interesting thruple to keep an eye on, but Peter Kachekov, very impressive goaltender last year, arguably the best one of the three. So we'll see how it goes. He's only 24. And Carolina, where do I have them projected? Well, they're they're kind of a powerhouse. I have them listed as first in the metro for this season i think they're they're fucking really just top to bottom really good team i like them quite a bit so interested to hear what you guys think of the carolina hurricanes i think they're gonna be really good now let's do the washington capitals so how was their offseason well they brought in oh wait no they lost connor brown he's off to edmonton zach fucali has gone to the khl matt Irwin off to vancouver mikhil raffrey signed with them uh, Pilon signed with Ottawa. Shiri is off to Tampa Bay. And Craig Anderson is off to Dallas. But they brought in some guys. They brought in Max, Max Pacioretty. Uh, Mikhail Rath and Phillips re-sign. Lamages, Ferravari, Suter, and Prisky. So, I mean, Pacioretty being the biggest name there. And he's, you know, he really needs to bounce back from injury. But if he's, if he's healthy, he should be a nice addition for them. But... Similar boat the to the Washington or not the Washington Capitals. Similar to the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is a an older team now. You got Ovechkin thirty seven, Backstrom is thirty five, TJ Oshie is thirty six. So those are kind of your bigger hitters in terms of the forward group. They don't have any cap space. They're out of Mooney. Uh, Brian McClellan, McClellan, the GM, head coach Spencer Carberry. Pretty good, you know, not bad. A little couple right there. And now let's get into that forward group. So you got the legendary Alexander Ovechkin on his way to breaking the Wayne Gretzky all-time goals leader. He should be doing that. I would. It looks like he should be good to do it next season. I think he's only like 30-some-odd away or something. He's not far. So, yeah, I doubt it's going to happen this year. And 
what is Ovi going to do in terms of goals? Uh, he's, it starts to look like, looking like he's starting to, I wouldn't say break down, but he's starting to miss some games to injuries now. He is 37, so, I mean, you can't really blame him for, for that. He's virtually been uh, injury-free his whole entire career, and I would still think that Ovi is safe for 40 goals if he's nice and healthy and everything. So, I'm good with Ovechkin. I think he's still good. He's still great. The grade 8. But then you have Nicholas Backstrom, who came back from his big injury last year. I believe it was hips. His hips were uh, needing surgery, and he came back. And, yeah, he definitely didn't look like Nick Backstrom anymore. Maybe now with some more time. But, uh, yeah, he's 35, so it's going to be tough for Nick Backstrom to be Nick Backstrom again. But uh, hoping that he can, it's just not very likely. And then Evgeny Kuznetsov, who is still kind of awkwardly still on this team, he's... Uh, made it known that he wants off the team, but he's still here. Could they make that happen? Uh, I I would think that they probably don't want it to happen for Ovi unless they can bring in someone that could cover for him. So I don't know. I, I could see him moving. I'm a little bit surprised that it hasn't happened yet, but he's still here and he's still pretty good. It's just that you know, uh, he just doesn't seem very motivated to be here right now. So, yeah, he's not going to be probably playing his best. TJ Oshie, always good as long as he's healthy. Anthony Mantha, he's in the final year of his $5.7 million contract. And, yeah, it just hadn't really worked out for him in Washington, which is unfortunate. I, I enjoyed Mantha. I thought he would be a fantastic fit for them. And, nah, it just hasn't worked out. Could be traded out of here. We'll see what the future holds for him. Tom Wilson won't be going anywhere. He signed an eight-year extension, kicking in next year, $6.5 million. He will be looking for a bounce back as well from injury. And again, as long as he stays healthy, should be good for... I mean, Tom Wilson's never been a point guy. That's not what he brings to the table, but he has been bringing more points to the table over the last couple seasons. So hoping for like 50, 55 points, that'd be key. Dylan Strom had a nice year last season. He's 26. Uh, he filled in quite nicely for uh, Backstrom. Maybe he is the top-line center this year. Sonny Milano, Nick Dowd, Nicholas Abe-Kubel, Joe Schneively, and Alexei Protus. So, you know, there's some nice names there, but a lot of them just haven't really been performing all that well, kind of like thinking of Anthony Mantha and stuff. Uh, looking for... And then they have Max Pacioretty, who, who was brought in. He claims to be good to go. He's 34, so it's just... You know, I think he came back way too early last year from that Achilles injury, so hopefully he better be freaking all good to go. And then they do have some names down here. Uh, Connor McMichael, could he make an uh, impact on this team this year? Uh, that's Matthew Phillips. I, I, I think that's the guy that they brought in from Ottawa or something like that. Yeah, so, and then they have the the young man that they drafted this uh, first round. I don't know if he's going to, I don't know if they're going to bring him in this season, but it all comes down to training camp. We'll see how they do. It's unlikely that he's going to come in and play right away, but in terms of forwards, I mean, it's it's an older group, right? Like, I don't, I, they don't scream, like, uh, it's, it's not bad. Like, you got Ovi there, but obviously the focus on this team now is getting Ovechkin that puck, and, um... I think it's starting to run out a little bit here. So it's it's a decent-looking uh, group, but it's got to stay healthy. And then defense. You got John Carlson, Nick Jensen, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Martin Farivari, Joel Edmondson brought in, Rasmus Sandin, that's a, that's a big one right there, and Alexander Alexiev. So let's talk Sandin. Sandin looked like 
money in the bank the second he got there. And I'm expecting that he should have a nice season for them this year. It's going to be a big one for him. It's a contract year, final year. And uh, yeah, he looked like he was a great fit putting up a lot of points, so yeah, he's looking to maybe bust out this year for something big and and prove the Toronto Maple Leafs wrong for giving him up, which I I agree with a lot of people. I don't think they should have traded him away, but eh, too late now. John Carlson, as long as he's healthy, he's 33. He's a fantastic defenseman. He just struggles to stay healthy. Nick Jensen, you know, solid two-way, I think. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, another solid, pretty all right. Ferrari, you know, a lot of just pretty solid, like, top six are maybe-ish top. It's not a great defensive core, admittedly. It's not that great. Uh, you're just the guy that you want to watch and hope that could break out is Rasmus Sandin and, and see where the ceiling is for that guy because I think he's going to be a really good defenseman. Goaltenders, Darcy Kemper, very solid, good uh, goaltender. You know, he's not elite. He's not going to... He's just good. He had a nice, solid year. Uh, nothing wrong with him, just good. And then they brought in Charlie Lindgren, Pretty solid backup option right there. Uh, anyone that's screaming to me in terms of defensemen, they have Dylan McIlrath. He'll probably maybe be a seventh, eighth, eighth option. And other goaltenders, Hunter Shepard. You have Garen. Eh, I don't know. Not many. It's more than likely just going to be Lilgren, Lingren, and what's his face? Kemper. There you go. So yeah, I don't have many opinions on Washington. I'm really just rooting for Ovechkin to break the record. That's really all I care about. Uh, I'm sad that (laughs) Tom Wilson appears to be sticking around. I would have loved to see him get traded somewhere and just see what he can do. But more than likely, Anthony Mantha going to get traded at some point, and uh, we'll see what they do if they can bring in a young player, or if they're just doing it for cap space and potentially picks. And where do I have them listed? Well, Sadly, I, I I don't think they've done enough to really improve over what they did last season. So I got them at sixth. I think they're still going to be in the mix, but they're more than likely going to fall out and more than likely make some trades. They're going to be a selling team at the trade deadline. But I don't know. Maybe so. You just can't. Maybe Ovechkin and Backstrom they just connect. They pretend they're 24 years old again. They go nuts and get 187 points. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. As of right now, I have them listed at sixth. And now we'll do one of the New York teams. Which one? The Rangers. Let's hop over to the Rangers. So they had a pretty fun offseason as well. Let's go through their uh, the people that they lost. Ryan Carpenter is gone. Tim Gettinger. Uh, Wyatt Kalnyuk. William Lockwood. Nico Mikola. And Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, they got all those guys re-signed. And then additions, they were pretty busy in the offseason, bringing in Blake Wheeler for an outrageous deal. Jonathan Quick is here. Belzeal, Pitlick, uh, one of the, I think, Riley Nash, Nick Bonino, Mackey, Bouliard, Gustafson, Hollowell, Miller, Scanlon, and they re-signed Lafreniere. Good team, man. They have a really nice team. They were absolutely they've been in the they're in the contender position just like a year or so ago. They didn't have the greatest uh year last year. I mean, the regular season was quite good. The year prior, it seemed like they kind of over uh overdid it. Like Chris Kreider was like 50 plus goals. He didn't have 50 goals uh, last year, but he's still a good goal scorer, don't get me wrong. It's just like I feel like everyone was like, "All right, 50 Kind of like we we figured you could hit it, but that probably one and done. I don't know if Chris Cryer ever hit hit a uh, fifty goals again, but he could prove me wrong this year. 
But yeah, the big story for them was just uh, a very underwhelming playoff run last year, especially from Artemi Panarin. So before we get into the forwards, uh, no cap space, got no money. Chris Jury, the new GM, and Peter Laviolette, the new head coach. So they're shaking it up a little bit. We'll see how that goes for them. It generally works in the short term for uh, changing up the coaches. It generally is good. It, it usually works out. And Peter Laviolette has been around for a long time, especially in the Metro. So forward group, it's it's tasty, man. It's thick. It's heavy. Uh, well, not in terms of size and weight and stuff, but there's a lot of guys here. So Artemi Panarin uh, making a shitload of money. He's going to be looking for a, a bounce back in terms of, I mean, regular season he was good, but he could get more, and especially he needs to perform big in the playoffs. Two points, only two assists last year in seven games. Not good enough for almost $12 million. Mika Zibanejad, I still feel like under underrated in this league. He's phenomenal. Chris Kreider, Vinny Trocheck, Philip Heedle, who had a pretty nice year last year. Barclay, Goudreau, Alex Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Blake Wheeler brought in for eight hundred grand. He is thirty six. Uh, it's not like he's brought in here to be like the the fucking main guy, but should be good for an easy 55, 60 points and a reduced role. He could be a problem for some teams. Nick ben- Nick Benino, Jimmy VC, Tyler Pitlick, Alex Belzeal. I mean, yeah, man, top to f- top to bottom, pretty fucking deep. Like if you are running that kid line again for their third line, the capo, the caco. Heedle and Lafreniere. I mean, that's a deadly goal scoring type of line. You got Vinny Trocheck. He's just so good. Kreider brings that that beefiness. Like, yeah, man, they got a lot going on here. I like their forward group quite a bit. It's uh, yeah, one of the better ones for sure. Uh, looking okay, they don't have anybody on long term injury reserve or anything crazy like that. Uh, forward wise. Uh... They have Riley Nash down there. He's going to be more than likely a call-up if somebody gets hurt. And yeah, nobody really big names there. So their forward group is bumping. Defense, oh my goodness. You got Adam Fox, one of the best defensemen in the league right now. He's only 25. All-around fantastic. He's in and around a point a game. Really good defensive abilities. You got Jacob Truba backing him up. Controversial defenseman, making a little bit too much money, but he brings something that not a lot of players do, and not a lot of players are really willing to do. He's that, he'll walk the line of, of clean and dirty, but... You know, he's uh, pretty important to their team, and I think it was him last year when they were underperforming. He just fucking lost his mind, and then they just got it going, and, you know, that's kind of the reason why he's the captain. Keandre Miller, oh, maybe we see a big breakout for Keandre Miller. He's a really good defenseman. Ryan Lindgren, underrated. Braden, Braden Schneider, he's 21. I don't know if he's really going to be in there. He may be in the in the minors, but a young defenseman looking to make his way into the lineup. They brought in Eric Gustafson, who, you know, Leafs brought in. It didn't really happen. He was having a really nice season with the Capitals. If he can continue to do that with the with the Rangers, I mean, that's a fantastic pickup for 800 grand. Uh, Zach, Zachary Jones and Connor Mackey. So depth, younger guys maybe playing in the minors. One, two... Three, four, five, six. Yeah, more than likely depth, minor kind of guys in terms of young defensemen that they have down there. Uh, ben Harper, he's 28, never mind. Uh, Brandon Scanlon, maybe he. Mac Hollowell, you know, guys like that. And yeah, so their big thing is going to be goaltending. You got Igor Shishterkin back there. 
top three goaltender in the league. You know, he's going to be more than likely in the Vesna conversation for the next like half decade to a decade. Really good goaltender. He's still locked into a fantastic deal. Uh, back to the defensemen, uh, in terms of guys that are on uh, one more year on their deal, only Ryan Lindgren and, like, yeah, no, no one too big. So they got a lot of their big guys locked in. Capo Caco is in the final year of, of his deal. Blake Wheeler, and yeah, so yeah, you're just going to be looking for Capo Caco, hopefully, to break out, and of course, Laffy Taffy. But, I mean, uh, Capo Caco's probably going to do the same thing that Lafreniere did. Probably going to be a bridge deal unless something crazy happens and he gets traded, but we'll see. But, yeah, the story is going to be in net with Igor Shosturkin. He continues to be a phenomenal goaltender. And they brought in Jonathan Quick, who, I mean, he's a legend. We're always going to remember his Stanley Cup wins in Los Angeles, but he hasn't been very good uh, for, for a few years now. Uh you know, he technically wins a cup. Oh, there it is with the Vegas Knights last year. But I mean, he's 37 years old now. They might want to look into maybe bringing in another goaltender or something. Let's just see. Is there another goaltender? Oh, yeah. They do have uh, DeMonte Goo. So maybe he... Uh, I don't even know if that's his fuck. I don't know how... That's, that's how you say Louis. Louis is there. So maybe he gets in more than Jonathan Quick. But, you know, you got a legendary presence back there in Jonathan Quick. I just don't know how good of a backup goaltender he's going to be. You might want to try and upgrade that. That's the only thing that I'm seeing on this team that may be lacking. In terms of where I have the Rangers finishing, I have them finishing as I struggle to find second. I have them listed as second in this in this division. And some people might be like, well, what, where do you have the, the Devils? Well, we'll talk. Let's do the Devils next. All right. We'll do the Devils next. I, I believe in the Devils. They had a phenomenal, they were the big breakout team last year. They busted out finally. They broke through that glass ceiling, a team that was building and building and building, and then finally they broke through into the playoffs, and so many other teams in the league are looking to do the same thing that the Devils did last year. And the Devils are stacked, bro. They're absolutely stacked. They, they just continue to add in more players. GM Tom Fitzgerald, head coach Lindy Ruff. Hopefully they don't boo him this year. They still have apparently $2 million in cap space, so they could maybe do something with that. In terms of their forwards, man, oh my goodness, they're loaded up. Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Nico Hiche, Andre Palat, Tyler Toffoli brought in. Oh crap, hold on. <laughs> going way too fast. I'm already going through. I didn't go through their additions and subtractions and whatnot. I need to go back and do that. All right. New Jersey. Where and how I need I need to know the alphabet. There we go. New Jersey. All right, hold on. So uh, in terms of people that they lost, uh, Jonathan Bernier retired. Jesper Bobquist went to Boston. Ryan Graves off to Pittsburgh. And that's pretty much their biggest loss. Miles Wood is off to Colorado, but he didn't have the greatest year for them last season. So, yeah, I mean, their biggest loss would be Ryan Graves. So, not bad. And they didn't really, well, they did do some additions. Uh, Nathan Bastian, McLeod, Shalgren. Crustolo, Dowling, Tierney, Nosek, Ball resigns, Foot signs. Yeah, so they made some uh, pretty nice additions in the offseason. And yeah, so we're going through that forward group. It's fucking stacked, bro. Like, that is nasty. Everyone's locked in for, like, really nice deals. Like, they're big, the big guns there, like, Nico, like, Heeshare, Brat, Hughes, Myers, all locked in for under nine. Uh, each, I mean, the highest paid guy is Timo Meyer at 8.8. I mean, 
Jack Hughes has arrived. Nico Heischer, one of the best two-way forwards in the game right now. Andre Palat, one of the most clutch players in the playoffs. They need him to be healthy this year. Tyler Toffoli, just a fantastic addition. He could easily add a 25 to 30 goals. And they have a nice bottom six as well. Like, man, they got some nice guys there. McLeod, Halla brought in. Tierney. Like, yeah, man, it's it's really good forward group. So they're... And then, hold on, let's just take a look. at. They have some younger guys... Uh, they're still paying fucking Ilya Kovacek. That's that's hilarious. Alexander Holtz, I believe, is a young guy that could be coming up at some point. I don't know if he's going to be making the team right just yet, but younger player down there as well. Really nice forward group, man. That is a deadly forward group. As long as Timo Meyer can, you know, get nice and comfy. He wasn't necessarily like crazy when he first showed up from uh, San Jose. Took him a minute to get going, but now with a nice fresh training camp, uh, he should. I'm hoping that he could be a really good effective player for them. They're a fucking really fun team to watch. I mean, Jack Hughes, mm, so good, so good. And now their defense. You got Doug the Thug, Dougie Hamilton, John Marino. That's the guy from... Pittsburgh that I feel like Pittsburgh fans are very sad that they lost. He was an amazing addition for them. He played such a big role for that defensive core last year, along with Jonas Siegenhaller, both very good defensive defensemen, bringing in Colin Miller, Brendan Smith, Kevin Ball, and Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes going to be kind of the... Uh, the secret ingredient of this team. Could he bust out and just be ridiculous? I mean, in the small glimpses that we saw of him last season, looking pretty freaking good. And if he can become what his brother in Vancouver is like on, on their defensive, oh my goodness, they are going to have a nasty, nasty group of defensemen. And they're all pretty much locked in, all the big ones. Like, Colin Miller and Brendan Smith are both on one more year, and that's it. I mean, everyone else is locked up. Really nice defensive core. Very underrated. Like, Siegenhaller and Marino, uh, they got credit, but I, I still think they're extremely important defensemen there. And, of course, Dougie Hamilton, just a nasty offensive defenseman with a bomb shot. And Luke Hughes, man, he is oh, he, he's going to be a really, really fun guy to watch this season. Going to have my eyes on him. And they also have that other young defenseman that they're talking about that could be uh, making it into the lineup this year, Simon Nemec. He was like the second overall pick a couple years ago. And yeah, he he could. They're, the way that they're talking about him, he could make it into their lineup this year. And that's a nice mix of young and old on this team, man. They got uh, their younger stars are coming into their prime now. So yeah, man, New Jersey is looking really, really scary. The only thing that has me concerned and why I don't have them in the first or second place position is their goaltending. So Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid. So Vitek Vanacek brought in from Washington. He played fine. He was very similar to Samsonov. Came in, uh, bounced back from his rough season with Washington, and he played very good for the uh, for the for New Jersey. And that's what they were missing. They were missing competent goaltending over the last years. Maybe they would have gotten into the playoffs if they just had some league average goaltending the last two seasons or something. Maybe they would have been in there already, but now they got it, and now they're flying. So as long as Vitek Vanacek can keep that up, that's the only thing I'm nervous about is like they're... they're Kira Schmid looked unbelievable in the playoffs at times, but they're just young and unproven yet, so... 
That's why I'm just a little bit bullish on the New Jersey Devils, but I still have them at third place. I still think they're going to be very, very good and up and coming. It's just the goaltending on those other two teams are just, I just you know, goaltending. I'm just, I'm not thinking, I'm not saying that Vancheck or Schmid are bad. It's just that I don't have, there's, uh, we just saw, saw Schmid. He just made his appearance and goaltenders can be really good for like, 15 games and then all of a sudden you never hear of them again so that's the only reason why I have the New Jersey Devils at third but should easily be playoff bound and we'll see how far they can go into the playoffs this season I think they they definitely did quite nicely last year taking out the Rangers like I had I counted them out against the Rangers I thought there were Dunyan rings and then they came back and got the job done so I have them at third so that leaves the last and final team the Islanders which I mean, if you if you could do it, they're, I have them listed as fifth. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to miss the playoffs or anything like that. They, I mean, like we've talked about, they they could potentially have like a uh, what is it? Five teams from the Metro and three from the Atlantic. More than likely going to go the other way, or it's more likely just going to be four and four, like how it usually always is. But let's take a look at the Islanders. Just got to find their freaking page. There it is. So they had a really fucking weird offseason, giving out some really, 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 really weird deals. So uh, they re-signed Pierre Engvall for Eternity, which was weird. Scott Mayfield as well signed for Eternity. Varlamov came back, and so did uh, Witherspoon is the only one that left. He's off to Boston. Uh, yeah, they, you know, they did all that. They re-signed. We talked about that. Yeah, man, they didn't really do a whole lot. I don't think they really brought in anybody. Like, yeah, kind of the typical lose stuff. They just re-signed people. So pretty uninteresting offseason. That's, again, that's just kind of how the, the Islanders operate. But let's take a look at their cap-friendly page. And, wow, they're up there. They're pretty popular. So they don't have any money. Uh, that's that's kind of the way it goes. We got Lou Lamorello, still the GM. He could be on the hot seat at this point. Head coach Lane Lambert. And their forward groups. So they brought in Bo Horvat last year. And I mean, the Islanders fans may be a little bit underwhelmed. And uh, I don't know how much better that's going to get uh, in terms of how many goals that Bo Horvat was scoring in Vancouver. He's not going to do that. Uh, with the with the Islanders, he's just not going to be. He's not getting. He's not going to be utilized the same way that Vancouver was u- using him. They like to throw him in front of the net on the power play. He's great at tipping pucks. If they start using him like that, then yeah, you could see Bo Horvat be like a thirty goal guy on on the Islanders. But again, they're not a team that really focuses in on offense. They're definitely a more defensively minded team. And Bo Horvat is a great addition. I mean. For that, he's a good two-way forward, great on face-offs, which is something they desperately needed help with. Because Matthew Barzell is not necessarily the greatest face-off man, but he's a very, very talented forward. Is he going to still play center this season, or are they going to move him over to the wing? I mean, I mean, in a perfect world, they put him on the wing, but I don't know if that's how it's going to work out. But Matthew Barzell, very similar to like a Sebastian Ajo. If he was on a different, more offensively minded team, you'd probably see this guy in and around 90 plus points, but uh, he has to rear it back a little bit, but a fantastic passer. He's getting paid now. He's got a big boy contract, $9 million. I mean, if you look at it on paper, it seems like an overpayment, but I think it's fair. He's a really good player. Uh, Anders Lee, the captain of the team, really solid. I just, Anders Lee just a good goal scoring guy like he's not the whole team is not a very flashy team that's just not how the islanders really operate brock nelson still here all these guys are still locked in for multiple or two or more years 
Uh, John Gabriel Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, who actually had a pretty nice season last year. Pierre Engvall, who is, again, signed for seven more years at $3 million. Like, it's not a destructive, like, contract. It's just confusing. Very confusing. Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck. Cal Clutterbuck, Jesus, Matt Martin, that legendary fourth line, Ross Johnson, Julian Gauthier, Hudson, Fashling, and Carlson, uh, Carson Kuhlman. And I know they have some younger guys, Oliver Wallstrom, who I'm just, I don't know if this kid's ever going to break out. He's 23 now, so I don't know if he's ever going to become that 30-goal scorer. I was hoping that maybe he could be. Um, in terms of younger guys, I don't really see any names that are screaming at me at this moment. So yeah, their defense, their offensive, it's like they can, they have guys there that can score. Like Lee is a pretty good goal scorer. Brock Nelson, kind of an underrated goal scorer. Kyle Palmieri can still pop in like 2025. It's just, I don't know, man. I think they need a shakeup or something. If they can utilize Bo Horvat properly, I think that's what it's going to come down to. If they can get him to, again, I don't think he's going to score like he did in Vancouver and be like a 40-plus goal guy, but if they can get him in 30, that'd be great. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's an okay-looking forward group. It's fine. It's a little bit on the older side as well. There's a lot of guys in their 30s here. You know, and then their defensive group. We got Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick, the the ultimate duo of defensive defensemen. They're both getting paid fairly, and they're here for a very long time. Noah Dobson, I think, is an underrated defenseman. Very good, offensively-minded defenseman. Good for 50-plus points. He was great last year. Scott Mayfield, the other guy signed for seven years, kind of just confusing three and a half million dollars and he's 30 which is like what the it's so weird okay you guys can live with that they brought in alexander romanov he's still 23 could he take another step forward maybe and then they have the other sebastian aho he's still here and samuel bull duke in terms of the younger defensemen let's just see if there's any names that pop out here uh robin sallow oh i wonder if that's sammy sallow's son i think it is Eh, nothing really that uh, that screams to me. And then goaltending, where oh lost the goaltenders. Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov, really good tandem right there. Ilya Sorokin, one of the best goaltenders in the league. He's on his final year of his four million dollar contract, and then his eight year extension kicks in next season at eight point two five. So it's it's a lot of money for goaltending. I mean. Uh, we kind of learned in the league that you don't have to have elite goaltending to win a Stanley Cup. But when you have a guy like Ilya Sorokin, he's kind of the guy that makes the Islanders, in my eyes, still in the playoff hunt. Like, if they didn't have Sorokin back there, nah, nah, nah. There's no way that they're that I'd even have them in fifth place. They'd probably be a bit lower than that. But with that, the Ilya Sorokin, like, who knows? That guy could potentially drag them to the playoffs. He's arguably... Uh, the it's a it's a toss up between the three Sorokin, Shishjirkin, and Vasilevsky, and you can throw in Hellebuck in there too. Why not? But Sorokin is a phenomenal goaltender, and he is going to be the guy if they make it to the playoffs. It's it's probably going to be because of him. So I have them at fifth. So they they're def. I feel like they're going to be competitive. They just they didn't change very much. They're a very similar team that they are last year. And, uh, yeah, they're just not, you know, they're just kind of there for me. They exist. If they make it in, like, they, they snuck it in last year. They got in over the pens. So, may, I feel like it's probably going to, it's 
going to be very similar. It's going to be like uh, the Islanders and the Pens fighting for that that spot. So that's my opinion. And finally, I've made it through all the Metro. Holy shit, that took forever. My apologies if I went on a little too much with the rambles, but my, my goodness. So yeah, next week we'll be uh, starting up with the Western Conference. We'll go through... Uh, one of them I don't I'll probably do the Pacific so we'll do that next week and yeah thank you everybody so much for listening to me ramble on for almost two hours about fucking hockey and you guys are awesome Uh, you can check out all the other episodes last uh, GamerCast I did 10 of my gaming shame so I just went back and talked about some things I'm not necessarily proud of in my gaming history so that was a fun episode you can go back and listen to that one upcoming we got a pretty big week upcoming here. I'm going to an Impact Wrestling show on Sunday. We got a lot of wrestling this week, so I'm going to that pay-per-view. They got the big AEW Wembley show on Sunday as well, so there's going to be an extra episode for that, reviewing that pay-per-view. The next gamer casting to be doing the legendary Final Fantasy VII, the OG, the the original. So we're going to go and do a retro backlog on that one. So that'll be out more than likely Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. We'll see how the the wrestling pay-per-view goes and all that great stuff. So, yeah, keep in contact. There's an email address, Twitter. Uh, These get uploaded to YouTube, so you can leave comments on the YouTube page if you want to send in any questions related to wrestling, video games, or hockey. Be my guest. It's highly encouraged. And yeah, so we'll be back again real soon with some more GX Plus Guest.